calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! We're back again for another week of geeky goodness here on the show. Excited to be talking about so many things happening in the world of entertainment. We've got new trailers to talk about, new Star Trek news to get into. We've got a Korg and Deadpool uh, combo. Does this mean, is this Deadpool's official entry into the MCU? And we're going to get into our main topic, which is these Emmy nominations, and talk about our reactions to some of these. 24 nominations for Mandalorian, 23 for WandaVision. So those are all the things that we're going to talk about here on the show today. Uh, but let's introduce ourselves. I am the Outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Goldbergs. There you go. Good stuff, good stuff. All those shows. 
for sure. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for joining us here. If you're a first-time downloader or a first-time listener, thank you very much for being a part of the Geek Buddies here. And, of course, listener, I mean the podcast feed. Don't forget, we are also on the podcast feed. So, please, if you subscribe here to us, go subscribe to us on the podcast feed as well and leave a rating and leave a review. Those things help us and elevate us uh, to get seen by so many people and heard by so many people as well. And if you are coming back again and you've been on for a while, thank you very much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. I think we're having a great time with you all uh, and certainly with our reviews and these shows. Uh, we're getting some great responses from you guys for sure. The way it works is each of us brings up a Geek News item. We talk about it amongst ourselves. Then we get into our main topic after we take a quick five-second break. Uh, so that's how the show is going to go. Uh, who goes first? Shannon? That would be me. And yeah. it is trailers. Trailers. There's only two this week. We've only got two trailers this week. Nice. Trailers, 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 trailers. <laughs> and the first one, sometimes when we record, we generally record on Wednesdays. And sometimes huge news comes after, right after we've recorded. Sometimes? So yeah. Every like time. Every I week, mean, yeah. I would say the majority, like 60, 60%, 65% of the time when we record on Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, something huge comes out. Wednesday evening or Thursday morning. And yeah. the first trailer that we're going to talk about is the second look at What If, the next mm. Disney Plus series from Marvel. And so this is their first animated series. This is based off the old, the old What If comic book where you take something from the Marvel Universe and you twist it ever so slightly to see how the story would have played out. So in this, uh, in this uh, What If, uh, we get some, 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 uh, a, a better look at some of the episodes that we're going to be getting. Like what would have happened when uh, Tony Stark was under enemy fire and he was rescued by Killmonger. Of all people, I mean, uh, my God. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, I mean, uh, What If is one of those series that when they announced it at Comic Con in 2019, I think everyone collectively kind of lost their minds because this is a series that everybody loved reading because it didn't really, it, 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 it was pure just fan, fan talk. Like, oh, what if this? What if that? And there you go. And we have a lovely graphic that gives us a, a look into what we're going to see. So the Killmonger uh, Tony Stark thing was the biggest thing that I noticed. Like we've seen already what would have happened if T'Challa had become Star-Lord. What would have mm -hmm. happened if Peggy Carter had gotten the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? Um, so we got a, a, a better look at, at all of this stuff. But gentlemen, what do you think? I mean, I was a huge fan of what we saw, but mm. over to you. Mike, you're the animation executive, please. Well, first of all, just to be super specific, this is definitely not Marvel's first animated series. Yes. They've for had Disney a ton Plus. of animated for series, Disney but, but it is... <laughs> Marvel but, MCU. <laughs> well, right. but yeah. But I think what does make this one stand out and what people are so excited about, and this is actually, aside from Star Wars, this is pretty rare. So, you know, Star Wars also in Disney Plus, like typically animated series and live action feature properties might live in the same world. You might have a DC movie come out and you might have like a DC direct movie and an animated series, but they don't really connect. And, you know, starting with Clone Wars and Mandalorian, like Star Wars really started connecting their universes. And now with this animated series, Marvel's doing the same thing. Like what if, even though it's these fictional accounts of like, what could this be? What could that be? Definitely connects. And I think what one of the reasons, in addition to the Killmonger reveal and some other stuff that made it 
that made this trailer more exciting now is that when they announced it at Comic-Con, it still sounded like, well, this is going to be cool. It's the feature MCU team that's kind of leading this up and they're going to have all of the voice cast come in and it's going to be really cool to have all those people doing the voices. But knowing what we know now, uh, where we're going with Doctor Strange, where we're going with Spidey 3 and where uh, things have been seeming to go on Loki, Mm -hmm. uh, we know that the multiverse is a big topic of conversation for phase four. And so having this series come out now, following up uh, on the events of season one of Loki, I think makes it even cooler. Like everything you said about why people like the What If comic is actually, is absolutely true. Like it's cool to see these characters sort of in different stories, with different relationships, people who wouldn't normally be together together. But um it kind of like feels more exciting and of the moment. It's clear It's clear why they placed it where they did in the rollout of shows on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I think it looks fantastic. And you're absolutely right, Mike. The timing of it and the, the where they kind of placed it leads us to believe that this may not be necessarily out of canon. If we're starting to mess around with universes, certainly an animated version of something could be referenced as we play around with these universes, a multiverse. So anything is possible uh, and not giving any spoilers away uh, about the Loki finale, but anything is possible. So it's like, okay, well, where are we going to go with this situation? So where we thought there would be a Captain Carter and it's just animated, there's now a possibility that there could be a Captain Carter live action. There's now a possibility. Obviously not going to get T'Challa as Star-Lord, but there's possibilities where other characters or other actors uh, can step into other roles and that could be a fun way to bring back Robert Downey Jr. or that whole Chris Evans rumor, right? That he was coming back. Then he said, first I heard of it on Twitter. Was this a way to kind of move around it? Yes, he's coming back, but not coming back as Captain America as something else. That could be very interesting. So all of that opens the door uh, uh, in so many ways. And the animation here is beautiful. Just absolutely gorgeous. It really is amazing. Right? And stellar. The shots of, of Captain Carter with the shield, the, the, the Star-Lord stuff is great. Yeah, Yondu stuff is fantastic. It has, it's got a little bit of shades of backsheet to it, but, uh, but way more updated. But I love it because it, it, it puts it in the time when the What If comics came out, but also modernizes the look to fit. So it's both retro and modern at the same time, which I think is brilliant. Whoever is in charge of the creation of that animation did a fantastic job with this. So I love it, you know, and uh, I'm excited for it. August 11th It's 10 episodes, 30 minutes, 26 to 30 minutes each. Yeah. So we're going to, I bet we're going to blow through those and love them t- uh, to pieces. And they'll be fun. I mean, if they're written well, it'll be fun to explore all these other possibilities. Do, Don't be surprised if that stuff pops up. Do you think, I, I, I had, I had an assumption, I assumed that we would get 10 episodes and each one would be kind of its own little. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this Adventure. issue. This is this issue. Right. But now I'm wondering, like, do we think there's going to be any connections? Do we think there, like, is is there kind of some bigger story? I know that Jeffrey Rush is it Jeffrey Rush? Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Playing, who's Jeffrey Wright is 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 playing the Watcher, so he yeah. kind of connects it all. But uh, I was like, yeah, like, like I is are these going to be? Is it going to be more of an anthology series, or is there going to be some kind of through line that takes us through it? I'm really yeah. curious. I mean, I could it could go either way. I'm just excited. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. that's that's a that's a tall order <laughs> to adjust all these little things and have them all connect. It's certainly possible, yeah. um, mm-hmm. but that but that seems right. like a very tall order. Now, to the animation style that John was talking about, now is that the what's it called? Is that is that the tune shading that oh, you yeah, talked about it? before, where it's it's CGI? It looks like it. It's CGI. It looks like it, yeah. With, uh, so it's definitely yeah, it's definitely CGI animation, but there is some kind of effect done on it uh, that it. 
it's it's better than tune shading like like tune shading yeah. uh it which is for anyone who doesn't know like it's when like when you especially with early cg animation you would do it but it looked sort of very uh not pixely but it, you, you could definitely tell it was cg uh and like you do sort of a 2d overlay sort of painting on top of it uh like for futurama it's they do a lot of that with like the ships in futurama have like that so like it's a cg ship but it looks like it's 2d like the rest of the show uh, there's some kind of element to kind of give this a shaded look. I don't know that it's actually tune shading per se, but like it definitely is, it's really specific. It's a definitely yeah. a really like unique style. I think it's really great. You know, we talk a lot on our Bad Batch reviews just about how far the CG animation in Clone Wars and all of the Star Wars animated shows have come. Yeah. And it's really great. You know, I mean, every epi- every week that we watch Bad Batch, we watch it and I'm kind of like blown away, especially in some of the wider shots of just how gorgeous that show is. It's yeah. kind of the best CG animated thing that I've ever seen on television. And this is so great because it's just a radically different style. Like it's yeah. completely a departure from anything else. And I like the way that they sort of designed the characters to feel more um, human, feel, feel, yeah. feel, feel as close to their feature counterparts as possible mm-hmm. and still live in an animated universe as opposed to like Clone Wars, which does a very stylized kind of blockier kind of style. Like I just, I think it's really cool. Everything I've seen about it looks great to me. Um, one of the directors on one of the shows that I work on, uh, she is not a CG fan. She's a classic 2D <laughs> fan. So she was not the biggest fan of how it looked, but we were discussing it and I said that I thought it looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, we've got zombie Avengers in here, man. I mean, that's yeah. the crazy, right? There's there's a there's a bunch of storylines to explore, and you're right. I mean, this is a quick uh, shot from my exclusive first look thumbnail, but look look how gorgeous that is. Look yeah. how the shine off the shield and the the look on her face, even the rosing of her cheeks and stuff like it's all so fantastic in its overall presentation that it makes you excited to see what more is going to come out and how, how the movements are going to be. Cause already from the trailer, you can see how certain movements are working with certain characters. Mm-hmm. So, and I love the watcher look, my God, that looks awesome. You know, it's, it's just kind of crazy. <laughs> like I was reading this in comics and now it's really coming out for everybody to super enjoy. Well, I mean, I'm sure we will discuss God, this. Uh, I'm sure we'll discuss this at greater length in mm-hmm. our live Loki spoiler review this week. <laughs> sure. uh, but you are 100% ter- it is it is thrilling and amazing to me that marvel has gotten to the point where they're getting into the weird shit yeah like we are we are deep into the weird shit that like as comic book fans who have been reading this stuff our whole life you know whether it be uh crisis on infinite earths or yeah. uh secret war like all the different things in comics that we're like well we're really glad that we're getting superhero movies but that's the crazy shit we are right. in the shit now <laughs> like we are deep and the fact that like our friends who are not geeks i mean i know everybody listening to this if you're listening to this you're probably a geek yeah. but for all of our friends who aren't super geeky like the fact that i have people texting me about questions about multiverses and timelines <laughs> and variants uh i think it's great yeah agreed uh what's our other trailer man yeah, that would be uh, Turning Red. So the last two cinematic offerings from Pixar have gone straight to Disney+, Plus, mainly because of the of the pandemic, which was sold this past December, and just recently, Luca, which if you have not watched Luca on Disney+, Plus yet, 
I loved that movie. Yeah, I thought so Luca good. was a delight. But starting in March 2022, Pixar is back in the movie theaters with Turning Red. So this is actually from, uh, I believe the pronunciation is Demi uh, Shi, yeah. who directed the short from Pixar, uh, Bao, from 2018, I think, which was a delightful, delightful little short. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, the basic... Uh, premise of this is what happens when a 13 year old girl uh, gets too excited and turns into a giant red panda. (laughs) So I believe this takes place in Canada. Um, Mm -hmm. Really, really funny teaser. If you haven't watched it yet, I think it's only about 90 seconds. Um, Sandra Oh is playing, is playing the the main girl's mom. Uh, Just a delightful teaser. And gentlemen, what did you think of turning red? I mean, look at this red panda. This is like, (laughs) (laughs) All, all I thought was, this is Ed Asner in panda form. That's what I was thinking the whole time. That's what it looks like to me. I know it's a 13-year-old girl, but like the 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 white hair on the sides, it just looks like an old man. And I, I love it. And, you know, the thing was, the, the, the animation is great, but like the whole uh, presentation of the trailer is it's a, it's, a, it's a daughter who has this issue, and it's a mom who's just trying to take care of her, make sure she's okay. She's overzealous. And causes the issue as we see in the trailer, and her running across the rooftops crying. I was just that was like it was like oh, but then of course brilliantly to use larger than life on the Backstreet Boys or the double meaning. I thought it was genius as well. Uh, but it looks like a very sweet film. I don't know if it's in the vein of Soul, but I think it's going to be a damn good entry into the Pixar um, uh, lexicon, and certainly having uh demi she i think that's her name uh directing this who she won an oscar for bow yeah uh, and i i re-watched bow after i watched this trailer because it's on on youtube somewhere and i was like man i forgot how sweet and unsettling this uh this uh, short was uh and i and i loved it and so i'm like if she's gonna bring that kind of mentality that kind of approach to this story i think it's gonna be a lot of fun what do you think mike yeah, I am super excited. When they when they first announced this one, I was kind of like, okay, like I'm not sure, but we'll see. <laughs> but but that was kind of my reaction to the bow short, which I loved also. Like I I just like the I love that Pixar is pushing into territory that you could only do in animation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I think that like and bow was such a weird short because you're like well this is a short about not being able to let your child go but you literally ate your dumpling baby like that is <laughs> like i remember i remember being in the theater watching bow and like when she eats the dumpling baby like there was like an audible gap yeah. like people were like <gasps> and like the whole thing it was just such a weird uh the whole short was so weird but also and kind of heads, you kind of got out. You're like, okay, I think I know what that was. Like, I, I feel like I got it, but like, did I get it? <laughs> and so then you have this movie where like, why does this girl turn into a giant red panda when she gets anxious? I don't know. Right. Uh, but, uh, but it is such a great sort of those feelings that you get when you're 13 years old and you're going yes. through puberty and your body is changing and you feel weird and your parents are driving you crazy. Like this is a way of telling a story that is kind of like universal, yeah. but in a way that you could only tell it in animation. And so I loved the trailer. I thought it was great. Uh, I love the look of it. Um, I love that if you line, if you line soul and Luca and this up next to each other, um, it doesn't look, there's no like Pixar house style. Like there's not like, oh, that looks like a Pixar movie. Like all three of them have such a different design aesthetic, such a different art direction. Um, And also I think it's great, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, and we talked a lot of this about when Soul came out, but just like the representation in animation, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you were telling stories. It's proving that like animation is a universal medium. Like I, 
you, me, like any of the three mm-hmm. of us, we're all going to relate to someone, whether they are a 13-year-old uh, Asian Canadian who turns into a red panda, a black guy who gets, who dies and goes to heaven. Like there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a universal medium. And so whoever is being represented there, like it's something that we can all enjoy together, which I think is great. Well, I think, and, and the other thing that's great about Pixar uh, is that they do things that are overt and then subtle at the same time, right? Like the red panda, the panda obviously symbolizes how, like you said, Michael, we sometimes feel at that age with our hormones raging and things happen and we feel like we're a monster. We feel like we're a beast or we feel like we're ugly or we feel like we're we're uh, out of the norm somehow. And so when the spotlight is on us and it gets even more highlighted when our parents make a bigger deal about it as well. So it's overt that she turns into a red panda, but it's her inner life coming out to her outer life and having this uh, occur. So it's it's brilliant, just like with Luca and the sea monster stuff. Like, as soon as he touched the water, he becomes this. Once again, overt and subtle at the same time. So I appreciate that. And I like that they're doing this and appealing to these uh, kids. Because, I mean, uh, Riley is so fantastic and inside out. This is the market that they need to be hitting yeah. at. Because all of us can remember being that age and the stuff we went through uh, overall. And it, this totally works. Yeah, and you think about being a teenager and have your parent or parents embarrass you what's yeah. the one thing you want to do is vanish yeah. and this Great is the point. polar yeah. opposite that yeah. not only are you not vanishing <laughs> you're turning into a giant red panda bear yeah yeah <laughs> and true. turning red is going to come out march 11th 2022 i think I, I think i've told this story on one of our earlier episodes but mm. i just remember when i was uh when i was working at sony television and I would like walk across the street to the, and I was doing animation for the Sony TV as an executive, but like I would walk over to the feature guys and there was a two feature executives over there and I went over one day and they were so sad. They were just sitting there depressed. And I'm like, what's wrong guys? And it was the week, it was the week after Ratatouille had come out. Mm. And I was like, what's wrong? They're like, we just got yelled at. And I'm like, why, when you get yelled at for they're like, we just got yelled at because we were told that why aren't we making movies like Ratatouille? And <laughs> We don't know how to tell them that had we pitched a movie about a rat who wanted to be a chef before <laughs> last weekend, we would have been yelled at for that. But now that Pixar did it, everybody wants a rat who wants to be a chef. <laughs> and when I was watching, and when I was watching this trailer, I I always think of it because like this is something that like any other studio would be like, hey, I want to do the story about this Asian girl who lives in Canada, but like when she gets like really excited, she turns into a giant red panda. You'd be like, wait, what? Is there? Is it a magic curse? No, she just turns into a red panda. <laughs> what? Uh, and you're, I just love that Pixar does stuff that like you're like, who else would do this? But it's yeah. great. I'm on board. I can't wait. Yeah, thousand percent. Yeah. And I and if you want, guys, I have a trailer reaction up for to watch on the channel as well. I try to do more of those, and we, I did a trailer reaction to that, uh, and was just completely caught up in it and loved it. Um. All right. So I guess I'm next uh, with the story, and that is uh, Star Trek. Uh, one of my near and dear favorite franchises i love star trek to pieces uh, you know i like star i love star wars and, and respect star wars but star trek as i've said many many times has my heart and uh the there have been some a lot of stop and goes over the last few years about bringing the original bringing the uh, the new cast back the reboot cast back to do a uh, a fourth star trek movie there were arguments about pay there was rumors that hemsworth was going to come back as kirk's dad there was a lot of stuff that was going on here well uh, according to deadline uh, matt shackman has been tapped by jj uh, abrams to step in and direct 
the next installment in the Star Trek franchise. Of course, he is the, the uh, creator of WandaVision uh, and director, I think, of WandaVision mm-hmm. as well. He's also the artistic director of the Geffen Playhouse in Los Angeles, which is a very legendary playhouse here in, uh, in uh, uh, L.A. And also the director and creator of The Great, which I quietly loved on Hulu. If you haven't seen The Great, Ladies and gentlemen, you're missing out on fantastic performances performances from Elle Fanning and Nicholas Holt uh, uh, totally. So he is going to take over in this thing, and it looks like the original – I mean, the reboot cast is going to come back to be a part of this. Um, and like I said, there have been attempts. Noah Hawley uh, was uh, was uh, uh, trying to write one. There's, Of course, we heard about uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, doing that situation, possibly to jump into. Uh, so um, they, And apparently they're putting this thing in motion very, very quick. They have a script by Lindsay Beard and Geneva Robertson-Dwaret. So um, what do you guys think about this uh, situation? Do you guys like this idea? I mean, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Star Trek guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was not into the original series i was not necessarily into the next generation that much um Mm -hmm. i did like the first abrams film i thought that was Mm -hmm. such a brilliant reintroduction of those characters to sort of a modern audience um i loved what i loved what they tried to do with into darkness i don't feel like they succeeded and star trek beyond it was like a long episode of the show which mm-hmm. I don't think really did it any favors. Um, this fourth chapter, I mean, there have been a lot of interesting interesting possibilities thrown out. I know Vogel kind of shook his head at Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. like, And we don't know if Tarantino was going to be writing a script for this cast or if it would be a completely different cast. The same thing right. with Noah Hawley. I think Noah Hawley was supposed to do a completely different cast and sort of an enterprise less Star Trek, which I don't know how you do. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Shackman, I mean, b- just based off of WandaVision, um, I, I, I would think that this was in pretty good hands. Again, mm-hmm. not being close to the property, I can't really say. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, John, I mean, the fact that he had a hand in the great, which I thought was one of the best, one of the best hour longs that has come yeah. in, in recent history. I mean, so, so good. And he's done a ton of directing. He was a, he was a big presence on It's Always Sending in Philadelphia. He worked yeah. on Succession. I mean, most of the things that he has worked on have been pretty good. And that's not yeah. to say that he is solely responsible for it, but the fact that he was there and was a part of it would give me faith as a fan that this next chapter would be in good hands. Now, the idea that had been pitched that there was going to be sort of a time travel aspect Mm. and Hemsworth was going to come back. I mean, that to me, I'm like, that's a really interesting story. Uh, They're clearly not going with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is, I, I, with all of the new Star Trek films, I have seen all of them in the theater. I would definitely see this one in the theater as well. It's kind of crazy to think about, Mike. It's been five years since Star Trek Beyond. That's kind of crazy. So much has happened to five all of years? in the last five years. Wow. Kind of crazy. So, uh, Mike? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in between you both. Like, literally. Um, that's where I sit on Geek Buddies. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I love Star Trek. So I'm not like Shannon. I actually, I love Star Trek. I've always loved Star Trek. But 
I am more of a Star Wars guy. Like Star Wars mm-hmm. is my main star brand, but uh, but Star Trek is definitely up there. And I love I love the universe. I love the I love what Gene Roddenberry created. Yeah. Um, you know the movies are really hit and miss. I mean Star Trek is definitely something that works in a lot of ways for whatever reason works better on TV for people. Yeah. Like the TV yeah. shows the TV shows have endured better. Have that's where like a lot of the. Uh, the biggest things that we all love about Star Trek have come from. And then the movies, you know, there, it used to be sort of like, you know, an evens odd thing. Like the 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 odd numbers were bad, the even numbers were good, uh, was kind of the common thinking. But then with the next generation movies, they got really bad all across the board. And so that kind of just like threw that out the window. Um, I'm excited by this news, but also I'm a little bit cautiously excited just because I don't even know if it'll happen. I think the, the Shackman mm-hmm. part is great. I think he did a great job on WandaVision. I also think the great was great. So I am super on board with him as the person helming it. But as you guys have said, uh, there's been so many announcements about what they're doing with Star Trek. And I don't think they quite know what to do with it. And I don't know that they're confident enough in the brand to really run with it. So I wouldn't be surprised if... I, I wouldn't be surprised if this got traction and went forward, and that would be great, and then we'll continue to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I also wouldn't be surprised if this went the way of the Tarantino thing, where we're all like, well, what is this going to be? And then it just disappears, because we might get to a certain point. I mean, I'm glad they like the script. I believe this is the first Star Trek feature script written by females. Yeah, two um, women, yes. By, by two women, so I think that's interesting. I think also, separately from the Shackman part of it, um, I think the most interesting thing about the first star trek in this reboot series was the idea that we were going to re-explore everything that happened in the main star trek timeline in a new timeline where everything could happen differently Mm -hmm. and that meant that everything from klingons to the borg to ferengi to q like anything from any version of the tv shows was fair game because the timeline was completely altered yeah. And I think that's a really cool overall idea that they've kind of lost along the way as they've been sort of reaching and grasping for what Star Trek could be. So I would hope I hope that they kind of get back to that, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I've got an unpopular opinion, and uh, and I and I know that, uh, so I'm going to sp- say it. And as I said, I'm a massive Star Trek fan. I go toe to toe with anybody about my love of Star Trek. But and I and I think Matt Shackman, Shackman is a fantastic director, and certainly. Uh, WandaVision just got 23 Emmys, so you can't argue about the results of that. Did they fully stick the landing? I think the jury, you can debate it, uh, certainly uh, until the cows come home, as the old people used to say. But um, in my opinion, we don't need another white male director to direct a Star Trek film. I I was excited by S.J. Clarkson three years ago stepping in. There are plenty of women of color, people of color. I know Justin Lin directed Star Trek Beyond, but let's bring in more people. Let's bring in more people of course bring a black perspective to this show you know we've had nichelle nichols we've had zoe zaldana let's bring a black uh, director in let's bring a latino director let's bring in women of color to come in and, direct, and give us a different perspective on gene roddenberry's vision because roddenberry's vision was about all of us coming together regardless of race color or creed to live in a better future well if it's constantly being directed uh, other than just lynn by a white male, then we're not really kind of uh, uplifting the spirit of Roddenberry. Now, it's not saying Shackman can't do a great job. Certainly, WandaVision, a female-led show, basically, her name literally leads that title. Um, it, it, it certainly 
kind of lets you know that it's possible for them to create something new and a new approach to these characters. I just would like to have seen that. And I, I love that we've got two female writers. Totally. That's great. Let's get some more color. Let's get some diversity in here to talk about this. So that's where I'm at. I mean, I like Matt Shackman, but I was hoping for something a little more inspirational in terms of the choice for director. That's my point of view. Uh, and, and some people may be upset about that, but that's just my point of view. I in no way don't want to keep Matt from directing, but he's probably going to direct a fantastic film. It's just I would like to see some more diversity in my Star Trek other than on the, sc- on the small screen. I'd like yeah. it to be up there. So that's my point. No, I think that's, I mean, I don't know how unpopular it is. I think this is certainly a valid, uh, you know, as we were saying with the Pixar movies, I think what we're seeing in the Pixar movies, what we're seeing in the Marvel universe is the more diversity you put behind the camera automatically means that you're going to get uh, a more interesting, diverse story in front of the camera. So I think that that's a perfectly valid uh, issue to challenge. uh, Yeah, yeah, issue to kind of put, yeah, to put forth to Paramount and Star Trek. I didn't want to tweet it yesterday because I didn't want the drama. Like I almost tweeted it yesterday. I was like, I don't need Wait, to today. Man. I'm working on some you, Is 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 Twitter dramatic? Do people have extreme opinions on Twitter? <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> and and familiar. have you have you have you not had an issue with this in the past? <laughs> yeah, I tweeted the uh, England manager thing. People went insane. People went insane. So you know, one drama a week. That's all I'm allowing. <laughs> So uh, shout out to Matt Shankman. Go take care of your business, son. I hope it's a good film, but uh, I was hoping for a little more diversity. Anyway, all right, let's move on. And there's no, uh, they, they say there's, the, the deadline put, they're, they're pushing this thing at warp speed. Very clever. So clearly this is something they're looking to do. And it, it feels like this one has the most chance of happening of all the yeah. ones that have been announced. So well, yeah, sure I think they said will. this spring, right? Like that was yeah, sort but they've of the get ideal... Everybody. They're going to get everybody back. I mean, Zoe Zaldana is off doing MCU stuff, and John Cho's coming out bringing, being his own lead actor. I, I don't know if the positions these actors were in back then are the positions right. they're in now in their career. So it'll be I don't curious. think they would have and, thrown that date out there without having having a little bit yeah. of faith that they, could, that they could make it. Let's hope so. Anton Yelchin sadly passed away, so you yeah. have to replace him too. Yeah, sorry, Mike, go I think those I think those 23 Emmy nominations that came along with the announcement probably uh, get us <laughs> a long way towards actually happening. So we'll see. So that's we'll fair, see. that's fair. Uh, <laughs> all right, where are we up to next, Mikey? Um, well, uh, if you recall, uh, way back before the pandemic started, <laughs> there was a movie that was slated to come out that we were all really excited about starring Ryan Reynolds called Free Guy. Uh, and it got pushed, and it got pushed, and it got pushed. But now that we are back in movie theaters, Free Guy is also coming out uh, on August 13th. And like every studio, uh, you know, Disney, Fox, everyone is trying to figure out how do we like re-engage people with the trailer that they've seen 95,000 times. And the way that they decided to do this, which was pretty fantastic, was to post a reaction video, a reaction video to the tr- new trailer for Free Guy online. Uh, with Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and Taika Waititi's Korg from Thor Ragnarok (laughs) reacting to the trailer. Uh, This is the most... There it is, uh, if you are watching this. If you are listening, John just posted a picture of these two. Uh, It was great on a number of levels. Uh, One, I think Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi are just having the most fun in their lives of anyone I can think of. I think they are just living their best lives at all times. Um, two, in perfect Deadpool fashion, uh, Deadpool made fun of 
Deadpool 2, they talked fridging. He made fun of Free Guy. He made fun of Fox. He made fun yes. of Disney. Uh, he, he It was just all over the place. Uh, what did he say? He called... Uh, he said, uh, he said, Free Guy looked good in a last days of Fox fire sale kind of way. Uh, so He said Thor Dark World was better. Yeah. It, it, it was super, super awesome. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's just kind of delightful to watch these two. And, of course, because we are all nerds, and as I said, uh, with the What If trailer, all we're talking about is the multiverse. The other big part of this is having Deadpool who is a Marvel character from Fox, sitting on a couch with Korg, who is in the MCU, and having Deadpool asking Korg repeatedly how he can get into the MCU. (laughs) Um, Korg has quite the answer on it. Uh, Kind of had everybody freaking out because this kind of is a signifier that Deadpool is going to uh, sneak in the back door of this MCU and be a part of it. And uh, everyone's really excited. Early, early on, there was a lot of questions of, how are they going to bring you know all of the Fox things into the MCU? And we know that Fantastic Four is coming, and we know mutants yeah. are going to be there eventually. But Deadpool is this R-rated sort of different thing. Does it fit with Disney and Kevin Feige? And I think that this video is kind of a signifier that he's going to find his way. You can't keep a good Deadpool down. So uh, what did you guys think of this? <laughs> Man, I loved it. It was five minutes of greatness. Honestly, five minutes. I watched it this morning and did a trailer reaction for it is up now. And, and I was just laughing the whole time. Wait. Because I was like shocked. Did you do a trailer reaction to the, to the trailer? trailer yes, absolutely. Wow. I did a trailer reaction to the trailer reaction. This is getting, this is getting deep, y'all. Because <laughs> I just started doing these. So having him make fun of them and then do that, do it so well, I was brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. Him pausing it to talk about it was hilarious. And you're right, the fridging thing, and also known as Deadpool too, just genius. And that shows you that at least the humor of Deadpool is transferring over. The ability to make fun of himself, make fun of things that he's involved in is transferring over. My only complaint about this is we didn't get enough Korg in terms of comments and one-liners. I wanted some more than just, hello, catch the ball, or whatever he was saying. I can't do a New Zealand accent. So whatever he was doing there, it was it was great. But I, I love Korg to I, pieces, so I wanted more of Korg overall. But this is Ryan Reynolds' baby to carry because it's his movie. So you let him have a majority of the lines. I just was hoping for a little bit more. That being said, this is five minutes of absolute greatness. So, <laughs> Shannon, this this was a wonderful example of the synergy yeah. <laughs> that is happening right now. Um, you know, I know when I've been to Disney recently, and you see Mickey holding a lightsaber and kind of having a stern expression. To me, I'm like, eh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think maybe you should keep those two separate. <laughs> <laughs> but having having uh, Deadpool commentate on Ryan Reynolds' career oh. is always funny. And, yes. and though I, I do 100% agree with you, John, I would be curious how much of this was scripted and how much of this was them going off the cuff. Because I'm like, well, Korg's not really saying a whole lot. And, yeah. and, and Ryan, Ryan Reynolds definitely has some zingers in here. Um, look, I mean, when you have a movie that has kind of been in the public's mind for a while like free guy and would would it have still gotten a pretty big box office opening without this Eh, maybe i mean ryan reynolds is a bankable star but having this this type of this type of promotion to push it forward this was a brilliant move by whoever came up with this um and and for those folks that like maybe don't watch trailers every day like you know like the three of us this also lets them know that taika waititi is in the movie and and is playing the villain so 
yeah, I thought it was super funny. Yeah, Mike? I did, it, it makes me excited for however they are planning to use Deadpool moving forward. Like, yeah. I just feel like he, you know, and it's like it's like the fridging thing. Like, it's it's always great to have a uh, be able to poke fun at yourself. I mean, it's something that we all do. All, like, there's so many people in the world. AKA check Twitter who aren't good at making fun or, you know, who aren't good at making fun of themselves, yeah. who just take everything super, super seriously. Right. And you have Ryan Reynolds come along and basically, you know, be like, Oh yeah. Fridging. That's like Deadpool too. Like to actually like just jump right into, yeah, I got a bunch of shit for this. And yeah, probably not hundred percent wrong. Um, I think it's so great. And to have that energy uh, as everybody gets so worried about, well, what's Disney going to do with star Wars and what's Disney going to do with Marvel and what's all this stuff going to happen? Like having Deadpool just ride that wave, just kind of, makes everything feel a little bit better and more ridiculous and you can just kind of smile and relax. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a joy. And, and look, free, it, it convinced me. I, I have been on the fence on free guy. I've been like, really? Yeah. And, but then, but this, this one got me on board. There was more footage in this trailer as well of the free guy stuff. And I love Jodie Comer. So um, there was more with her, which I was like, okay, great. Now I've got a little bit more of the backstory, a little bit more of what's happening here and where this is going to lead to. I mean, this feels like a version of Truman Show a little bit, right? So yeah. I like that with a little They Live thrown in where the sunglasses show you what's actually going on in the world. So I like the combo of stuff going on here. But I did see some people on some other websites complaining uh, that this is, oh, this is Disney and the synergy and this is what we can expect because one studio owns everything and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Ah, this is fun. You know, lighten up, Francis. This is a little fun. Enjoy this. We're, we've been in a fucking pandemic for over a year now, and there's a Delta variant rolling out there. A little humor for five I minutes is not a fucking bad thing, okay? I look, I know I have no room to talk. If you if you look at my Twitter, if you talk to me for five minutes, you know I'm like a huge Disney fan. So like Whoa. obviously I'm biased. But when you look at some of the Star Wars stuff that was happening pre-Disney getting that. When you look at some of the Marvel movies that came out from like 20th Century Fox or what or what Sony was doing with Spider-Man before they teamed up, and then you look at what we have right now with Star Wars, what we have right now with Marvel, Disney feature animation, Pixar Animation Studios, and like all of your fears about one giant conglomerate owning everything and aside, we're getting better shit right now. Yep. Like this is like like the the bigger ethical arguments of all of it completely valid. But at the end of the day, like, has there ever been a better time to be a fan of all of these things at once? Like we're waking up in the morning and we're watching our TV shows. Like it's just like it's ridiculous. It's amazing. That's a very good point. Shannon, any final words? No, I thought it was funny. Okay. Right, <laughs> I thought it was go. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I hope when the Blu-ray is released that uh, Deadpool and Korg have a commentary track. Oh, my like God. Like Shannon, Shannon McClung, a.k.a. the Korg of, Be of Geek Buddies. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. It's good. <laughs> you, you want to hold a speak spaceship? <laughs> Catch the ball. You missed it, man. You missed it. Oh, it's not too bad. All right, do okay. Uh, all right, uh, let's uh, take a quick break. That's all our uh, that's all our intro geek news items, and uh, we'll be back with our main topic, which is talking the Emmy nominations for all the geeky shows and the shows we like as well. Here, right after this, let's see what Shannon comes up with. Do 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 do. Do 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 do
That's good. That's good. Couldn't weave in the Loki one. Couldn't weave in the Loki one. Right. Loki wasn't nominated, so no, I couldn't. Oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Richard E. Grant better have an Emmy by this time. <laughs> I mean, if uh, Don Cheadle can have Don Cheadle. one, I hope Richard E. Grant gets one. Oh, I got some thoughts on that. Don't you worry about that. All right. uh, let's get into the Emmys here. Uh, as we said earlier, pretty incredible news for WandaVision getting a whopping 23 nominations uh, for a WandaVision, including nominations for Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, but it was nominated also for Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series. So Outstanding Limited kind of implies there's only going to be one season of WandaVision. So appreciate what it was. It, there might be a second season, but the fact that they put it in this category might be well, a hint. Um, yeah. I mean, well, we, I, we, who knows? I, I think that WandaVision was... I think they set up to be a, a one-off yes. as an anthology thing. I do think that uh, as soon as the series ended, uh, like both Kevin Feige uh, and Jack Schaefer, uh, mm-hmm. there could be another limited series coming down the pipe. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I think okay. it was pitched as a limited series and it was a limited series. So that's what it got nominated for right. as opposed to, uh, you know, we know Loki was picked up for two seasons. Like that was one of the only show that was announced to be a, a two season show, but I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't use. I wouldn't look at that as proof that we won't see more Wandavision on Disney okay. Plus. Okay, there might be, but maybe under a different name. Maybe under a different name down the road, White Vision or something like that. Anyway, um, Mandalorian got twenty four nominations for its second season, which tied The Crown, which is the like uh that they got twenty four uh, as well. Also, Catherine Hahn's song Agatha All Along got nominated for an Emmy, which was pretty cool. Also, MJ Rodriguez became the first uh, Emmy nominee to be a uh, to, uh, to uh, first transgender uh, performer to be nominated in the history of uh, of uh, the Emmys for Pose. Yep. Its third season just wrapped up. Uh, there, Mike. She's going. She's got stiff competition here, Mike. She's going to be up against uh, Uzo Aduba for Imagine in Treatment, Journey Smollett for uh, uh, Lovecraft Country, Olivia Coleman for The Crown, and McCorn for The Crown, Elizabeth Moss for Handmaid's Tale. So, but just to be nominated, I think it's a fantastic. Yeah situation for sure uh yeah what else but falcon and winter soldier didn't get any nominations except for don cheeto for the three minutes or two minutes he was on screen there's a lot of controversy about that uh, uh, scott manzel who runs the hollywood uh, critics association which i'm a member of tweeted out that he thinks that maybe some of these voters thought it was they were voting for anthony mackey because they don't tell the difference and they voted for don cheeto that's a possibility. I'm not saying it happened in, uh, in guest in a guest actor role. I mean, you're asking me to think they're all intelligent. I'm sorry, but I can't always say that. So who knows what their situations were? Also, there was drama about Lin Manuel Miranda because Hamilton got nominated for 12 Emmy nominations. And uh, Frank Pallotta tweeted great. He said, "Congrats to Hamilton, a film of a musical that was released on a streaming service for its nominations for Emmys, an award that celebrates TV." So there was a little bit of controversy here because there were not nominations for the underground or for small acts, which a lot of people really enjoyed uh, on uh, Hulu as well. No, I'm sorry, on Amazon Prime, rather. Uh, And then Roger Jean Page was the only person nominated for Bridgerton. Uh, But Lovecraft Country, which HBO just recently announced would not get a second season, got 18 nominations overall. Uh, So those are some of the things. And of course, for whatever fucking reason, Emily in Paris got nominations uh, for uh, uh, for that sh- that that show for outstanding comedy series, and Cobra Kai got nominated for outstanding comedy series, which really oh. confused me. Because is that a comedy? I don't know if that's a comedy or a drama. To me, that's a drama with the occasional humorous moment. They're kicking each other's asses 
every season. Well, they're fighting in high schools. They're throwing each other off balconies to be paralyzed. I, I'm confused where the comedy is. But, and to right. put it in a category that says best anything. Oh, okay. there's, there's the shots. There's the shots. Wow. Shots but, fired. All right. One last uh, thing, uh, as I mentioned, for small act Steve McQueen's uh, uh, series on Amazon Prime. These are six feature-length films, John Boyega is starring in one of them, uh, and they bypassed Oscar eligibility, thinking they'd have a better chance of getting Emmy wins, and they didn't even get nominated. So, a really interesting uh, group of uh, of nominations for sure, uh, overall. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts about these nominations? WandaVision, Mandalorian, The Crown getting 24 nominations, Ted Lasso, of course, getting a lot of nominations. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's interesting because the nominations, at least on the acting side from WandaVision, mm. I think 75% are completely justified. I think oh. Elizabeth Wilson, Paul Bettany, um, Catherine Hahn, 100% deserve those nominations. Mm. Evan Peters, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have given him a nomination for Ralph Boner. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and that's and that's no shot on his acting at all. I thought right. with what he was given, he did 100% what they wanted him to do. I just feel like there were other people out there that maybe other performances that maybe should have been recognized. Now, when you get to the yeah. Don Cheadle of it, like how I love, I think Don Cheadle is a phenomenal actor. I love Don Cheadle's television work. Um, why you would recognize him and not Carl Lumley yeah. from the Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier is crazy to me. I mean, even when Maybe we that's were what it was. Maybe that's what it was, Shannon. They thought he was Carl. They thought he was Carl Lumley, so they just I not. Mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Don Cheadle's a pretty recognizable guy. I can't see them getting confused over who Don Cheadle was versus Carl okay. Lumley. I mean, and the same with Anthony Mackie. I mean, all respect to that I think, writer. I don't think that's correct at all. Okay. But I mean, that's me. I mean, maybe. Maybe I'm looking at things from too optimistic, uh, too optimistic a, a point of view. I but, think a lot of times, I think a lot of times people just vote like they haven't seen the thing, and they're, oh, I like, I like that Don Cheadle. He's a good actor. I think that's probably more likely. It's the thing, and even when we were watching, when we were doing our reviews of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. this is one of those things that confused me. Is in in all of the Disney Plus shows, you have the closing credits with the graphics. And Carl Lumley was never in those credits. And I was like, why is he not there? Like he yeah. plays a significant enough role in this series that you would expect him to be there. And then now not, not getting, I, I think if he doesn't get nominated, I don't think people blink an eye. I think Don yeah. Cheadle gets nominated instead of him. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but what I think is, is promising, at least from like the geek, the geek standpoint is that um, these organizations are starting to recognize these yes. shows. Well, yeah. I mean, the fact that the Mandalorian, this is, this is the second year in a row that it's been nominated. This is WandaVision's first year. So now we see that sort of the, that, 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 that gate that they couldn't get through before they're getting through now. Yeah. I mean, Black Panther did it with the Oscars and now WandaVision has done it with the television series. And certainly yeah. after Loki, one would think that one or more of those performances would get recognized as well as the writing and the directing. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Michael Favreau was nominated. Yeah. Uh, uh, Carl Weathers was nominated <clears throat> for uh, Outstanding Guest Actor in the series itself, was nominated for The Mandalorian, Outstanding Drama Series 
So a lot of positive things for them as they as they go into the second year. And you, and and Shannon's right. You know, more so this more and more of these uh, shows that have that have been on the fringe in the past are now kind of being uh, brought into the mainstream here to be nominated for these awards. Is this because the body is getting younger, more diverse? Is this on purpose? I think it's I think it's a little bit that uh, mm. I think also just like I mean, you know. We've been saying this as, as again, as much as everybody worries about all of the streaming services and is yeah. streaming ruining network and like all this different stuff. Like, we have really good TV right now. Yeah, like we have better yeah. TV. I mean, like it's like we have the stuff that we're watching in our living rooms is rivaling anything that we can go see in the theaters. And I do yeah. think that uh, just uh, in general. Um, the Emmys are just a little bit ahead of the Oscars, a little bit ahead of the of that body as far as like just accepting the fact that this is great entertainment. Yeah. Um, you know, Shannon's right. Like Black Panther did make it through and get nominated, but it was like it was like that whole thing where they like expanded the Best Picture category so that they could include other things. Almost right. like you know, well, you wouldn't these movies wouldn't make it if we were still keeping it at five, but we'll make it ten so we can put some of the popular things in there too. Yeah. Whereas the Emmy nominations aren't doing that; they're just like, yeah, these are the fucking best shows. Like these are really, really good. Yeah. And when you look at it, it's not just like even with the Black Panther, it was like, well, this was such a special. Um, I get the thinking and the way it was sort of framed up was like, well, this went beyond the genre. This was mm -hmm. better than your typical superhero movie, so it made the cut. Whereas what we're seeing with the Emmys is, no, man, like Mandalorian, The Boys, WandaVision, just like down the pipe. You're like, no, this is some of the best stuff that's on TV right yeah. now. And it can yeah. stand right next to some of the more dramatic stuff like The Crown, uh, mm -hmm. you know, some of the other stuff like the like the Bridgertons, like the This Is Us Is, like The Handmaid's Tale, like that that they're they're not seen as an exception to the rule they're seen easy. as this is what's great tv easy on this is us pal easy on that don't you come for this is us Please. don't you do it <laughs> hey hey let me manipulate your tears here i'm rubbing some onion near your eye uh, manipulating oh, yeah. manipulating your tears is literally what storytelling is supposed to do that is not literally <laughs> encourage it's a difference <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I do want to say, though, Ted Lasso, again, one of the shows I triumphed before any of these critics did because they all didn't want to watch a soccer show. I was one of the first on it. But it got 20 nominations. It's the most ever for a freshman comedy series. So shout out to Ted Lasso and everybody involved with Ted Lasso. Um, I, I, obviously, our friend Brandon Hunt got nominated yeah. uh, for Emmys. It's great to see that. For Brendan, but also Hannah Waddingham, Juno Temple, uh, and then you had, uh, of course, uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis, but also Brett Goldstein, Jeremy Swift, Nick Muhammad were all nominated as well. So all of that is just fantastic news for Ted Lasso and, and very happy to uh, see that happening. Uh, and the second season is right around the corner, so it's perfect timing in terms of these nominations to keep the hype train going for Ted Lasso. And the early reviews have been very positive about the second season uh, for sure. I've still to sit down and watch the six, six episodes I have, but I will definitely be doing that really soon. Are, are you guys excited about this as well? Let's see the nominations for Ted Lasso. Yeah. I mean, Ted Lasso is one of those shows that, as you said, John, I mean, it kind of yeah. came out of nowhere. I mean, Apple TV, they had the morning show, but outside right. of that, their episodic offerings kind of failed to sort of ignite that spark with mm -hmm. the, the viewing public at large. 
and the show about an American football coach <laughs> taking, <laughs> taking on a European soccer club, the fact that yeah. that show starring one of the guys from SNL, the fact <laughs> that that show just sort of took off like wildfire. I mean, I remember watching the first episode thinking this is an obligatory view. Like I right. know you, you had said that you would liked it. And so my mm-hmm. girlfriend and I sat down and watched it. And I'm thinking like, ah, maybe it'll be funny, but I doubt we'll make it past episode one. And that became appointment viewing every yeah, week yeah. when the new episode would drop. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I would have nominated all four of them for best supporting actor. I feel like <laughs> I feel like kind of cancels them all out at that yeah. point. Um, but I certainly think all of those actors are incredibly talented, and I look forward to watching them in season two. Yeah. Mike also, big props, big props to uh, Jean Smart for both of her nominations. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, she is uh, she is living she is living her best life right now. Oh uh, and and both and both super well deserved. I mean, she's yes. kicking ass. I think like you know what I the 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 feeling that I took away I, when it comes to the Academy Awards every year when Oscar nominations come out, there's always this debate about. Well, should we be debating? Should we be nominating the the good movies or the popular movies? Mm-hmm. I feel like the reason the ratings are going down is because we're not nominating the popular movies, as if those two things are different. As if saying yeah. like, well, if you nominated Avengers Endgame, you're somehow like lowering the bar. But you know, but right, if it's right. you know, if it's the English Patient, that feels like an Oscar. Like you know, like <laughs> there's always that kind of debate. And yeah, yeah. and I know, I know, it's the most boring <laughs> movie ever. I can't get through okay. it without sleeping. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of this is us. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like I don't feel like English patient manipulates me. I think it encourages me to fall asleep. How it encourages you? me to fall asleep. Um, but but oh no, but I God. feel like but so I feel like the Oscars always has this sort of fake argument about well, is it are, should we lower ourselves to be popular or should we still stay with what's important? And looking yeah. at these Emmy nominations, like Don Cheadle aside, which by the way, did you see Don Cheadle's response to his yeah, nomination? That was very funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't get it either, but here we go. But, uh, but you know, so Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle aside, uh, I'm looking at these nominations and I'm going, yeah, I think that what is being nominated here generally, these are the best things on TV that everybody really loved and yeah. talked about and was excited about. And it's super popular. And it covers all the genres and we've got like the big brands and we've got Marvel and we've got Star Wars and we've got, you know, there's just, there's this whole breadth of stuff, but I don't feel like they lowered themselves to be like, well, let's let in, let's let in the geeky stuff. So maybe people will watch the show. It's like, this legitimately is the best stuff that's on TV. And so I think in that respect, TV is a little bit ahead of like the old fuddy duddy Academy vibe of what makes a good, what makes good entertainment. You can make great points, Mike. Uh, you look at the comedy series here, right? You've got, uh, Cobra, as I mentioned, Cobra Kai, but you've got uh, Hacks. Hacks has every right to win that damn thing. Yeah. If you guys haven't watched Hacks, it is one of the greatest seasons of television I've ever seen in my life. And you know I'm a lot older than everybody else is watching. Ted Lasso, the flight attendant was surprisingly good. I did yeah. not know if I was going to like that. And Kelly Cuoco, I could give a fuck about the Big Bang Theory. She's incredible <laughs> in this show. I love her in this show. Uh, honestly, that's just not my jam. I love Billy Porter getting nominated no. for Pose. That's some great stuff. And Jonathan Majors, who's going to be Kane. it's a wonder. You know? It's a wonder that you. It's a wonder that you get in trouble on Twitter with your opinions. I can't imagine why. <laughs> God forbid. I don't tell the just, company like. God forbid. I don't put on the street. Just ended up fucking uh, men. It's a mystery. It's a mystery to me. <laughs> I like that it's not just not towing the company line like, ah, I wouldn't vote for that. 
fuck that one. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, but yes, I mean, I, I love that the crown, all these people from the crown got nominated. I, this was one of the, if not the best season of the crown, one of the best seasons of the crown, uh, for sure. I have not seen Handmaid's Tale yet. I've got to put myself through that, uh, that, um, what do you call that? That marathon, that 26 mile marathon at some point, in my opinion, for sure. But yeah, you're right about Gene Smart. Oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, just Handmaid's Tale is, it, it's, it, totally out of the you know like so many people can't watch it because it's like they're like it's too intense i love it i think it is so yeah. gripping but man it is a it is a journey yeah <laughs> it is a, it is a journey and i feel like comedies like i feel like it's ted lasso versus hacks at this point yeah, i mean probably honestly, yeah. for at, at it wasn't quite the end of the season for hacks but i think yeah. i i had tweeted like gene smart hannah einbinder carl clemens hopkins just give them all the awards. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. such a such a compelling eight episodes of a show that was funny and heartbreaking and engaging. And the fact that they released two a week, yeah. which as a viewer, I was like, oh, thank God, because yeah. this was so, so good. But you can't forget, uh, you know, the 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 dark place that Ted Lasso pulled you out of. Yeah. At, at the, the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, You're right about that. It's it's a it's a it super is. competitive yeah. year for comedy. It, yep. it, it, that's a really good point. Like, I I think Hacks is amazing. I think Hacks absolutely deserves to win. Yeah. I, I think there's an argument to be made for Ted Lasso too, but I think the thing that, like, if I was just kind of voting with my heart, if I was if I was voting here, like, I kind of think Ted Lasso gets it for the exact reason you said. Like, I can't really separate, yeah. like, critically just looking at the two of them from I was in the pandemic, everything was horrible, and this show made me so happy. Like, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I love Ted Lasso so much. I will fight and die on that hill. Obviously, everyone else is on the hill now, and it's great. But I think Hacks is a better constructed show, in my I, opinion. That's what I'm saying. I, I think, yeah, I I think that that's absolutely that a wins, fair... I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. But Outstanding Limited Series, Mayor of Easttown, I love it. That, that's such a damn good show. Very happy it got nominated, but it's going up against WandaVision and Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit is 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 great as well, and then Underground Railroad, which a lot of and people I, like. Amazon and Prime. I may destroy you. Like yeah, that's and I may that's my point. Yeah. Is like it it is it makes me so happy yeah. that you get into these categories and like you can fight it out. Yeah. Like there is a fight. Like there's a couple categories that are gonna cause a gay civil war. Like like there are <laughs> like there, like there are some categories in there that it's like things are gonna get hairy because like. You, because you could argue it anyway, and eat, and all of these shows have validity. And isn't it so great that we're at a time in television where yeah. every category is like everything's good. Yeah, like I, there's there, there's so much good stuff there. I would like to commentate on the case of war. I'd be absolutely. <laughs> I would love to comment on that. Can, can, I will can, tell you, Ken Burn style, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, outstanding lead actress in a limited series. You got Kate Winslet up against Anya Taylor Joy, up against Michaela Cole, Elizabeth Olsen, and Cynthia Rivo. That's a murderer's row of that actresses, man. That's the one. That's the one. Gay Civil War. Here we go. I that I would love to be out in West Hollywood at high tops, at high tops or revolver watching the Emmys when that category comes up because some people are going to break some vodka sodas over some other people's faces. Like, it's going to get nasty. <laughs> Dearest Chad, as I was watching this, <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah, supporting actress Jean Smart uh, for Mayor of Easttown up against her uh, Julianne Nicholson, who was fantastic in Mayor of Easttown as well. Then they're up against Catherine ha- Hahn. And then they got the two the two uh, Hamilton ladies, Renice Elise Goldsberry and Philip Asuso. Okay. It's Do weird. We, can yeah. we talk about Hamilton real quick? Please go ahead, man. Because I loved Hamilton. I loved watching it on Disney Plus. Yes. I do not think the nomination I, I just don't get the nominations. It can't be a movie. It's been nominated for Emmys. It cannot be considered a theatrical feature if it got nominated for Emmys. It just can't and it's, it's a TV it's, show. It's a it, it was a filmed play. Like yes. that that was what it was and that is not taking anything away from the content i thought they were brilliant performances but i'm like you can't no like that's that's not what that's not what this was made for so counterpoint don't i will i'll give you the counterpoint even though i don't 100 disagree with you like I, Mm -hmm. i i think that you have a very valid point the only counterpoint that i would make is i've seen a lot of stage shows that have been recorded and i watch them yeah and they don't fare great. Like, I mean, if you really like something, if you're like a huge fan of Into the Woods and you watch mm-hmm. a recording of Into the Woods and you're like, that's great. This production of Hamilton was made for television in a way that other uh, that other musicals or shows that have been recorded were not. Like, it was, yeah. it was shot over several nights. It was shot some nights with an audience. It was shot other nights without an audience so that you could do close-ups, you could do different angles. It was edited together really well. Like as, a, as something that was built, that was made specifically for a medium, it was, there was more work put into it than normally is. Now the performances are still just the same performances that they got nominated for at the Tonys and they're kind of double dipping. So I hear you on that. Yeah. But, uh, but I do think that like, uh, I mean, but they, yeah. but they, they said it was a feature film that they were releasing on. That's Disney what Plus. it. That's what. So, that was the initial intent. That was my counterpoint right. to the counterpoint. For them was to it reverse was not, course, it was not made for. It was not made for television. Right. It was made with the intention of releasing it as a theatrical feature. You're and trying to win an Oscar. Yeah. It became a television event because of the pandemic. Right. 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 And I think that's where it was a little bit like, uh, you know. Mm. Um, but Conan, Conan did get nominated. Oh, okay. Conan did get nominated. On his way out the door, of course, closing down his show. He did get nominated one last time. RuPaul's Drag Race got itself nominated for Outstanding Competition <laughs> and Reality uh, Show. We're, we're again. Currently, we're currently obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race in this Oh, episode. really? Oh, yeah. Season six on some Paramount Plus. Come on now. Are um, you on season six? That's a good season. It's what we're discovering. It is a good season uh, for sure. Um, and then uh, uh, Bowen Yang getting nominated for SNL, yeah. which is fantastic as well. So a lot of positive things. Oh, and I do want to correct myself. I'm sorry to the people who are Falcon and Winter Soldiers fans. They did get nominated for five uh, uh, awards there for the Emmy. Sorry, there are four technical and one for Don Cheadle. I just meant they got shut out of the bigger categories for actor uh, and uh, and what have you, because uh, that was a, it was, a, it was a damn good show. Did it stick the landing? Maybe not 100%, but certainly you could argue uh, nominating, uh, certainly uh, Anthony Mackie, who did some of the best work he's ever done, and Sebastian Stan. So it's a shame not to see them in these uh, uh, categories in contention for oh. their work. And but Carl I think Lumley. it's clear. Carl and Carl Lovely, absolutely. What a I, I think it's clear based on the nominations, though, that had Don Cheadle not been in it, the entire show would have fallen apart. So. <laughs> You're right. Someone's got to explain. This is why. This is why. And I know we got to go, but this is why I think every voter's ballot should be public. Every fucking voter's ballot, not so you can tear them apart for voting for one thing or another. It's so you can tear them apart for moments like this and say 
what were you thinking and why did you I like think that a simple <laughs> conversation in Wait the Smithsonian merits this? Did I, you really nominate Don Cheeto or were you thinking of somebody else? Tell the truth. I like that your I like that your argument was we need these to be public, not so that we can tear them apart, but so that we can tear them apart. Well, I mean, with extreme cases like this, I don't mean for their nominee. <laughs> like, oh, I'm glad you like this is us. So, you know, fine. But like <laughs> something like this is more of egregious, and you're like, I want to know what happened here. Did you give it to your assistant, or are you a stupid racist that needs to be taken out you, of nominee processes? That's my opinion. You're, you're saying you just want to know, you just want to find out if they were manipulated to vote a certain way or encouraged, encouraged. to vote a certain way. Yes, yes, yes. Well said. Well said. <laughs> oh, yeah. And before we go, because yeah. you did, you did tweet out this article, Johnny. Oh yeah. Um, Gina Carano being snubbed. Oh yeah. <laughs> for the Mandalorian, not like I know that going negative is not really our thing. It's not our to thing. be positive, even though I do sometimes go negative. But yeah, go ahead. But good lord, I mean, again, yeah. I, I at least the people that I follow on Twitter, most of the responses have been a bit more vitriolic than I will be right now. Yeah, but it's yeah, like, yeah. are you kidding? You you think that was a snub? Yeah, that's never going to go away. Come on. That's never going to go away. I, uh, I, I don't like to go negative, so I will just say that I am positive that that is not a snub. <laughs> well said. Well said. Crafty is as, elu- as elusive as ever, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. That's our uh, show here for this week. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, and it was a fun uh, show for us to hang out and uh, bring you our geeky goodness. Don't forget that we have a Loki live review. We're dropping this today, this episode. So the Loki spoiler uh, live uh, finale review will be 5 p.m. PT tomorrow, Thursday, 5 p.m. PT. Uh, right now, it is the three of us and Emma Fife. There are negotiations to bring on a fifth guest, but we have to wait until she says she's available, and then we'll bring her on. And we may even have a little bit of a surprise for you all if we can make it happen. No promises, but if we can make it happen. So beware of that. And, of course, this week is also Bad Batch Review Week. So on Sunday or Friday night, we'll be dropping the t- reviews of the last two episodes of The Bad Batch. Um, all right, Shannon, what do we got to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies, on Instagram at The underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at The Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, listen, we are having a great time doing this, as you can tell, and uh, we don't want to manipulate you into helping us do more stuff, but we would like to encourage you to help us to do more stuff. And the way that you can do that <laughs> is to uh, smash the like button below. Uh, definitely subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. There is a ton of great stuff. As he told you, he's doing tons of trailer reactions. He doesn't have Korg, but the Outlaw is all you really need. Uh, <laughs> definitely leave some comments below. Let us know what you think of these Emmy nominations. Uh, what did you think of the trailers? Are you excited for What If? What are your feelings about this new star trek movie what do you want it to be like let us know all your thoughts we love checking that stuff out if you are listening to us on anchor or spotify or apple podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available uh leave us some stars leave some comments there it helps us go up in the rankings which is a great way for people to find us but the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it on any of your social media outlets send it to your friends uh anybody who loves talking geeky stuff send them our way the more the (laughs) merrier we want all the buddies to join our geek buddy nation uh, and then we'll see you several more times this week as we talk about all the other geeky stuff that's out there. That's right. All the great stuff happening here 
on the Geek Buddies and on the Outlaw Nation channel. Yeah, and don't forget, as Mike said, to subscribe to the podcast. It's very, very important. All right, we'll talk to you later. You guys take care of yourselves. Be well, and we'll see you next time for another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.